Hello and welcome to the I Am Woman Project, where every week we have deep thought-provoking and interesting conversations with thought leaders, change instigators, rule breakers and creative minds who think differently, sparking creativity and inspiration. Our special guests on our show cover a variety of topics just for you, and they share their personal stories to inspire, motivate and empower you, our listener. The I Am Woman podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at www.iamwomanproject.com.au. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favourite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at I Am Woman Project and Facebook. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Today we have a very special guest for you, the goddess of love, Melissa Ambrosini. Known for her quote, liberate your life, strip off the fear, wash away the self-doubt and dress yourself in health, wealth and love. Melissa is the best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl, an entrepreneur, motivational speaker and self-love teacher. In her signature straight talking style, Melissa teaches women how to master their inner mean girl, smash through the limiting beliefs and ditch the self-doubt so that they can truly live the life of their dreams. Named as a self-help guru by Elle magazine, she is known for her inspirational live events, booming online community, her weekly goddess groups, game-changing online programs such as Get Your Glow On and the MA Academy Business Bootcamp, her soulful guided meditations and keynote talks. Her mission is to inspire women across the globe to create a heart-centered life that is wildly wealthy, fabulous, healthy, and bursting with love. And that's no exaggeration. You will feel the love and passion right through this whole heartfelt conversation. So let's tune in. Melissa Ambrosini, thank you so much for coming on the show this morning. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. I'm excited that you're here too. Um, the The reason we would uh, love to speak to you too is obviously you're currently doing your Mastering Your Mean Girl tour. I think that goes globally on the 22nd of March. Is that correct? Yes. So my book is out already in Australia and New Zealand and it's will be out uh, all across the world world on March 22nd. So that's pretty exciting. That is very exciting. Talk to us a little bit about the book. How did it come about? So basically, Mastering a Mingle is the no BS guide to becoming wildly wealthy, fabulously healthy and bursting with love, which we all want a little bit more of in our lives. And it kind of is a manifestation of um, or a result of me hitting rock bottom in 2010, I was living a very different life before I hit rock bottom. I was an actress, dancer, and TV presenter, and I was burning the candle at both ends. I was surrounded by toxic relationships. I was living off junk food, alcohol, and partying, no sleep, 
and, you know, getting to the point in where I was no longer fulfilled in what I was doing. So I was doing work that no longer fulfilled me. And um, living that sort of way, there's only a matter of time before your body kind of packs up and goes on holidays or the universe gives you some sort of wake-up call. And my wake-up call was the, you know, the universe taking away my health. And when I ended up in hospital, I was very, very unwell and very unhappy. And even though that was the darkest point of my entire life, there was a tiny glimmer of hope you know, that I could finally surrender. I could finally stop pushing and pretending that my life was okay. Because on the outside, it looked like I had, you know, an amazing life. It looked like I had a glamorous life, but on the inside, I was dealing with an eating disorder and depression. And I was a gold medalist people pleaser. So I had, you know, I'd always just whacked on this smile and suppressed how I was truly feeling on the inside. And uh, ending up in hospital was the best thing that ever happened to me. And from there, I followed that intuition. It was the first time I listened to my intuition and first time I followed my intuition. And it kind of said to me, you know, if you sort yourself out, you'll live an awesome life. And there was a part of me that my mean girl that was like, nope, that won't happen to you. And even though that voice was there, I decided to just follow that charm anyway. And from that moment, I, uh, one of my friends gave me Louise Hayes, You Can Heal Your Life when I was in hospital. And it was like the lights came on. From that moment on, I dove headfirst into this self-development, best self, personal development world. I read every single book I could get my hands on and became totally immersed and in awe of this world. And I was thought to myself, why are we not taught this stuff in school? Like, why are we not talk, taught about self-love in school and meditation and mindfulness and things like that? And so I started a blog and I started just sharing what I was realizing and learning and all the wisdom that I was learning. And I went on to study health coaching and life coaching and meditation and yoga teacher training and acuenergetics. But you know, all of those things are just pieces of paper. The the biggest um, classroom for me is life, where I grow and learn the most. So from there, I started sharing on my blog. I started working with women one on one, and then I cr created a ebook and started creating other online e courses and programs and speaking all around the world. And it has just snowballed from there. And now I have this beautiful book, um, Mastering Your Mean Girl, which is all of the knowledge and all of the wisdom that I've gained over the years in, homed in one beautiful space. So that, that is how it all kind of, in a nutshell, came to be. Wow, it's amazing. I love the fact that you call it Mean Girl because when I actually looked into it, I was thinking that's obviously your unconscious mind that's getting in the way of your of your conscious, you know, because obviously we're a product of our past, a product of our parents, not saying that our parents are our fault because actually they did the best they could with the information they had. But having to become more conscious and aware that, you know, a lot of the stuff that is programmed into us from when we were young sometimes doesn't serve us any longer. So I really love the fact that you've actually given it a name, Mean Girl, because that is that inner voice that's that, you know, you can't do this, you're not good enough. 
Exactly. And the thing is, it's essentially I just renamed the ego, right? And every single person has an ego. I don't care who you are. Even the Dalai Lama has an ego. The difference is, is his is on mute and his is in the back seat of the car. You know, a lot of people, their mean girl is so loud or their bad boy is so loud and it's in the driver's seat of life, of their life. But everyone has an ego and whoever tells you that they don't, they're lying and run for the hills. And whether you want to call it your ego, your mean girl, your bad boy, your inner critic, your smaller self, whatever, but identifying it that, identifying with it, giving it a title really helps you separate it from your higher true self, which is love. That's so true. Very true. So when you're talking about ego, because this, this is a conversation we have quite often, would you say that would be almost like your shadow self? Yes. Yeah. And so do you, do you believe that, you know, obviously when the shadow self presents itself, it is something that we must embrace or own? Or how, or, or how would you deal with that? So when a shadow self presents itself or ego self, how do you then deal with it? What do you do to, uh, I guess, master that mean girl? Mm-hmm. So the first thing you can do is read my book, Mastering Your Mean Girl. That is the best way that you will learn how to use your mean girl as a tool. Because there's a lot of spiritual texts and there's people that say it's about banishing the ego, killing the ego, smashing the ego. It's not about that. It's about becoming besties with her and using her as a guide to get you back on your true path, which is love. So for me, I want to give everyone, because today I want to give everyone a little three-step mastering your mean girl process because I love three steps and I love simplicity. But please go out and read the book first. You will have a better understanding of what I'm talking about. But let's, I want to talk everyone through this three-step process now. So the first step to mastering your mingo, when that voice pops up, when it pops up, so say it is a limiting belief of um, you're never going to get out of debt. Okay. Yes. And you'll never, or you'll never be financially free. Let's, let's do it around money because a lot of people have limiting beliefs around money. So say that mean girl thought pops into your head. You know, you're never going to get out of debt and you're never going to be financially free. So the first step is awareness. Once you are aware that that is your mean girl and not your truth, because your truth love, which is your intuition, which is your heart space, doesn't speak to you in words it speaks to you in feelings so and 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 uh intuition so i don't know if you've ever had an experience where you know someone might have said to you well why did you book a ticket to bali and you're like i don't know i just i just had to do it like something just washed over me and i just had to do it and i'm sure we've all had experiences like that that's your intuition yeah that's your intuition so but we need to strengthen that, which I'll talk about in a minute. So when that main girl thought pops into your head that you cannot get out of debt and that you'll never be financially free, once you are aware that that is your main girl speaking, you have shone light on something that is dark and it's no longer dark. You can't then unknow what you know. You know, you have brought it to the surface. So unless you have a men in black 
memory zapper that can zap <laughs> your memory, you can't unknow what you already know. So the first step is awareness. Become aware of what she's saying. Maybe even write it down. Say, you know, writing it down saying, my mean girl is currently saying to me that I will never be financially free and I will never be, never get out of debt. So write it down. Now you've shone light on it. The second step is gently closing the door on your mean girl. So it's not about slamming your, the, the door in your mean girl's face. It's not about killing the mean girl. It's about going, oh, okay, I hear you. I see you, but I'm not going to let you in. I'm going to close the door on you. Most people invite their mean girl in. She comes in, has dinner, sleeps over, puts her dirty feet on the nice couch, sleeps in the bed with you, wears all your clothes, and is a real right mess. But in that second step, it's about gently closing the door on her. So awareness is the first step. Second step is gently closing the door on her. And the third step is choosing love instead. So instead of letting her in and choosing fear, which is her main operating system, we choose a loving thought instead. And we ask ourselves, well, is that actually true? Is that actually true? Will I never get out of debt and never be financially free? Well, no, that's not actually true. Like who's, who knows? Who, do you have hardcore evidence that that thought is actually true? And then you can reframe it. I am financially free and an, and abundant or whatever. I'm just making these up off the top of my head. But I am financially free and I am abundant. I am financially free and I am abundant. Change the mixtape that's going on in your mind. So awareness is the first step, gently closing the door and then choosing love instead. It's a very simple three-step process, but that doesn't mean it's easy because we've had 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years, however old we are, of programming. So we need to unlearn the habits that we've picked up along the way, maybe from our parents, our grandparents, our school teachers, our siblings. We need to unlearn those habits and create new and inspiring ones that light us up. Love it. I love it. I just, I love the fact that you talk about shining the light on the main girl and actually looking at that as a fear factor. Um, because fear, obviously fear, you know, I always look at there, fear is a false evidence appearing real. It's only a figment of your imagination. It's actually not real unless you've got evidence that you've actually physically gone through it. Then maybe yeah. that's a different story altogether. You, you will realize that when you stop and take a moment to actually digest what your main girl is saying to you, it is all made up crap. It is all made up crap that we have been telling ourselves it's all lies it's false evidence appearing real and it's all a load of bollocks it's all bs when you really distill it down it is a load of crap no it's true and i mean even neuroscience i mean they say now that we something between anything between sixty-five thousand to eighty thousand thoughts and most of those thoughts are negative they're actually not positive Exactly. Exactly. We have women have between sixty to eighty thousand thoughts a day. Men have around forty thousand. So that is sixty to eighty thousand mean girl potentially mean girl thoughts that we have a day. Yeah, it's a lot, isn't it, when you think about it? It's a lot. It is a lot. Melissa, you sound so passionate about what you do. Um, what drives you? Like, what's the best part of your job? I believe that 
this is what I came here to do. This is what I was put on this earth to do, to share, to help, support, inspire, and serve. And what drives me is the people, my tribe, the women I meet, the women I speak to. Every time, you know, I'm currently on my book tour and every time I hear another story from someone, I'm like, right, I've got to keep going. It almost puts more fuel up my bonnet. I'm like, right, I've, got, I've still got work to do. Keep going, keep going, keep going. So it's my tribe that really put that fuel up my bonnet. Yeah. And I think too, when you're looking at the products you offer as well, you really tap into uh, lots of, I guess, very important areas of our life. When you're talking about wealth, that was one that you were speaking about. And then there's health and then love. These are three, I think, key components uh, for all women. Absolutely. I think they are the three main areas of our life. You know, our health, obviously, our wealth, which isn't just financial wealth. It means, you know, your career, you know, your passion, your hobbies. Are you rich in every single area of your life? And then also love, which is love for yourself and the relationships that you have. And, you know, spirituality falls under that because that is self-love. You know, that is your spiritual practice. So I believe they are the three main areas of your life. Absolutely. So when you're talking about spiritual, I know you do these um, wonderful goddess groups do you actually do meditations in these groups? Because I know a few people have asked me, oh, I find out with Melissa, what are these goddess groups? Yes. So the goddess group is a week, uh, every fortnight in Sydney, Australia, I run the goddess groups and I sometimes do them in other cities and states as well. I've done some in LA. Um, I basically take them whenever, wherever I'm going traveling and I've done them in Melbourne and Brisbane and the Sunshine Coast. I've done them all over. Um, and basically the goddess group is a group of women that come together there's about 30 to 40 women each session, and I cap it at that because I want it to be intimate and sacred and safe. And we come together, and it is, like I said, a very sacred, a very safe space for women to come and be held and express. The goddess groups start with a guided meditation by me, and then we, I give a talk on a topic, and then the floor is open for workshop style questions and we brainstorm and, and we work through things that women are going through and we hold each other and support each other and it's a beautiful space to come and connect with like-minded women and to feel held and supported and you know back in the day like you know the red tent days this is how women communicated like we were all in tribes we all you know, gathered together, you know, when we were on our moon cycle, we all went to the red tent to menstruate and to give birth whilst the men went off hunting. So, but in modern society, that no longer exists. The woman stays at home by herself and raises children or works or goes to work. Um, and that community, that tribe feeling of women there is, is no longer existent. But, and, and it's been hardwired into us to think that us women have to do this thing called life all on our own. And we absolutely don't. 
And that is one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to create a sacred space for women, like-minded women, to come together to express and be held. And it is sold out every single week. You, I have I have girls that have been coming for over a year now, every week, don't miss a week. And then there's, you know, there's a good number of women who are there, the same women every week. And then there's a good number of new people every week, which is amazing. And it is, you know, my one of my favorite things to do. I absolutely love it. Everyone sitting on cushions and, you know, there's a beautiful little love gift that I give everybody. And it's just a really beautiful space. Um, there's candles and it's gorgeous. And I've noticed since I started doing this like over a year ago now, there's so many things that are popping up similarly to, sim- that are similar to this now, which is awesome. So women are waking up and realizing the potency of gathering together like we did back when we were in our tribal communities. Absolutely. And I can see why that works so well when you're thinking about the number one human need is connection. And when you're saying about women do need to connect with one another and it's very important, absolutely. So, Melissa, with the benefit of hindsight, what would you have done differently in your life or career? Nothing. Love it. Nothing. Everything is always unfolding exactly the way it's supposed to. And every I choose to see every uh, time I, in inverted commas, fail because I don't see anything as a failure. I see everything as an opportunity for growth. I look back and see every time I've had an opportunity for growth as a beautiful lesson and a beautiful opportunity to pivot and grow. So I don't have any regrets. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Melissa. I be- I don't believe in uh, I don't believe in failure. I believe in feedback. So when exactly you know if you call it failure, I look at that. What have I learned from that, and how can I do it differently next time to help exactly. me move forward? Yep, that's mm-hmm. exactly right. So, Melissa, what's the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? Hmm. And this could be from your mum. Yeah, I guess the best piece of advice someone once said to me, and I didn't really realize the potency of it at the time, but it was just be you. You know, we grow up trying to be everything but ourselves. And all we really have to do is just be our unique, beautiful self and share that with the world. You know, that's that's um, one thing that actually we talked about in another podcast. It's quite it's quite interesting how how many times when you ask somebody who would you like to be in this lifetime, and ninety plus percent always pick somebody else, never themselves. They're always looking at wanting to look like somebody else or feel like somebody else or have what somebody else has. But that focus is external and not internal. So that's a good piece of advice. Oh, absolutely. I love my life and I love being me. Like it is so much fun. doesn't mean it's always fun. doesn't mean I don't have challenges. I absolutely do feel challenged and stretched at times. But I wouldn't change a thing. And that's why in my book, there is a whole section on 
comparisonitis, which I used to suffer from very severely. And comparison is one of the cheeky tricks of your mean girl. So when you learn how to master your mean girl, you'll learn how to master comparisonitis and you'll no longer compare yourself to anyone else. And you'll no longer be seeking that external acceptance, love or appreciation because you will feel that deep within yourself. I love that comparisonitis. And you find that too, it happens a lot more in with teenage girls too, with, you know, look all the new fashion, all the social media, you know, they're really into like almost starving themselves um, yeah. to look a particular way, which is just, I think, not healthy. Absolutely. I went to dinner um, with a couple of old friends when I was on my tour and her one of the daughters was um went out to dinner and one of the daughters was 10 and sat on her phone the entire dinner just looking at Instagram and Facebook and I just thought oh my goodness like such a disconnect and we didn't have that growing up which I'm so grateful that we didn't and I have a beautiful 10 year old stepson and we are like some of his friends they have phones and I'm like no let's let like let's leave it till like till he's like bursting to have one like we don't he doesn't need one just yet so I'm like trying to push that as far back as humanly possible until he actually physically needs a phone for some reason um but right now that isn't the case so we're trying to you know push that back a little bit because it's just once you're once you're in it and you're tapped in, you're in it. It's true. And, you know, I mean, I can relate to it. I have a no-phone policy when we have dinner. My son, he's 21. Oh, yeah. He's constantly on his phone. And it's, you know, and I, I explained to him, you know, we didn't have that growing up. And it's, it's to me, it's, you know, it's you're disconnecting from your family. But he said something really interesting. He goes, well, for me, I'm connecting. This is how we connect. People yeah. our age, this is how we connect. It's, you know, through social media. And I thought that's really interesting because I don't do that. Like I'm, I'm quite the opposite. I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I well, I can relate to him. Like that's definitely how I connect with a lot of my tribe. You know, by commenting and answering questions. But nothing beats, nothing beats in person connection. Like nothing. That's another reason why I created the Goddess Groups. That's another reason why I'm on a book tour. That's another reason why I speak all around the world because nothing beats that intimate connection. We are, humans are hardwired for connection and intimacy. So that's why, you know, no amount of sitting behind a phone or computer can replace or replicate that type of connection you get when you're sitting in front of someone. Absolutely. Melissa, you must be fantastic with time management, looking at everything that you've created for yourself, the book, uh, all the social media that you do and keep that whole connection going. How do you do it? What's your trick? Very, very organized digital calendar. That is my trick. I have a digital calendar, just the one that comes on the Mac, you know, and it syncs to your iPhone. Um, It is color coded. It is organized. Everything is in there. Meditation is in there. A lunch break is in there dinner time is in there every single thing both in personal life and my business life is in my calendar and my husband and I share the calendar so I can see 
what he has on. He can see what I have on. And then we have, you know, anything that in regards to our son, everything that he has on goes in there. And then my team can see that so they know what's going on. But um, I don't use a handwritten calendar. Everything is digital. It's all synced to my phone. Uh, and so I have it with me all times. But it is very organized and it is very um, – I'm, I'm diligent. I follow it to a T. You can't go wrong. If you don't put in exercise and meditation, you're not going to do it. So meditation twice a day is in my calendar. Exercise, you know, I even schedule in, I schedule in downtime. I schedule in self-love time, I call it, you know, where an hour a day I'll go for a walk or I'll have a bath or I'll go for a swim. If I don't schedule that stuff in, it doesn't happen. That's tr- so true and I think if you don't plan it and that's the biggest thing people don't realize if you don't actually don't plan that time it isn't going to happen and I think I love the fact that you're so transparent with your it looks like you've really embraced the 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 well if you want to call it the whole work life balance you really were able to merge the two and make them one and work well yes. with you that's fantastic yes so Melissa what is the greatest lesson that you have ever learned thus far That when you master your mean girl and live from a place of love, your life will seriously rock. That is probably the biggest lesson I've learned. And I'm reminded of it daily. You know, in every moment I'm continuing to master my mean girl and choose love instead of fear. In every moment is an opportunity to choose love in every single thing we do from how we move our body to how we eat, who we surround ourselves with, the work we do, even how we do the dishes and take out the rubbish. You know, we can do it from a place of love and gratitude or we can get peed off and be regretful that your roommate left a mess or that your husband didn't help out. You know, everything is an opportunity to choose love. Yeah, I love that. It's so true. It really depends on your mindset. It depends on how you decide to see exactly what you're doing and the meaning you give it to the experience you have during it. Exactly. So, Melissa, what advice would you give your younger self? I think it comes back to what I said before, just be yourself and be be your own bestie. You know, that's another thing someone once said to me, be your own bestie. And I was like, no, I've got best friends. I don't need to be my own bestie. But I realized what they were actually saying is that you need to really cultivate a lot of self-love for within yourself because when you're full, you can then give to others. When you're empty, you have nothing to give. Yeah, and I like that, be your bestie. I think that's, that's a, a fantastic quote actually because I think that to be your bestie is to have your back as well. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. Melissa, have your own back. You're so, you're so positive in everything that, you know, everything you look at is obviously an opportunity. And do you ever worry? Do you ever like, does anything ever keep you up at night? Absolutely. Yes. Um, I'm not enlightened. If I was totally enlightened, I would have transcended this body by now. But um, absolutely. But where in the past those things would have kept me up for hours, weeks, if not months, if not years, I'm very quickly master my main girl and able to return back to love. And once you read the book, 
you will re realize that mastering your mingo is a practice. It is a muscle that needs to be flexed. And the more you practice it, the quicker you get at returning from returning back to love from fear. So when a worry pops into my mind, I'm able to quickly return back to love as opposed to in the past where I would have maybe hung out there for a couple of weeks. So do you have a particular technique? So for me, the way I do it, if I, I, I'm, you know, obviously once you start having a teenage son going out all the time, of course you start, you know, there's times where I'll sit up at night thinking, I wonder if he's okay. And so what I normally do is I'll say, well, how much control have I got over this? And if I don't have a lot of control, I let it go and just I choose faith. And I guess, is it the same thing that you're, you're saying you choose instead of that whole fear thing, just choose love and faith? Exactly. So in those, when those worries pop up into my mind, I take myself through the three-step mastering your mingo process. So what is my mingo saying? Yeah. That, you know, I'm, that my son is going to hurt himself while he's out. That's what my mingo is saying. My mingo is saying he is going to hurt himself or something bad is going to happen. And then you, you've got awareness. Then the second step is closing the door on that thought and choosing love instead. You know, he is very smart. He is very intelligent, very wise, and I'm going to send him love right now. You know, what is the point of worrying? Absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's 99% of the stuff that we worry about doesn't even come to re, to, to fruition anyway. So exactly. I like the three simple steps. It's great. So obviously during your journey to get to where you are today, who's been your greatest influence? That's too hard to nail down. Um, there has been... So many mentors and teachers and guides and books and experiences that have molded and shaped me to be where I am today. So to pinpoint point one, would I, I wouldn't be able to do. Um, in saying that, a massive inspiration for me was my best friend and and still is my best friend, Jess Ainsco, who passed away a year ago. Um, and she still inspires me. So she was definitely a huge inspiration to me. And more recently, um, over the last three years, you know, really my husband, he inspires me every single day. He inspires me by the way he parents I only hope I am half as good a parent as he is. He inspires me in the way he chooses love in everything without even being conscious of it. He inspires me in business, the way he does business and his, you know, capacity to share and inspire and teach and help. So he is a massive inspiration to me. That's beautiful. When you think about it too, from where you've come from, is your I guess that a crossroad of your journey in 2012 to now, you've done it in a very short time to be where you're at. Yes. Yes. So that's amazing. It's brilliant. Yes, I'm so glad and grateful that I got my wake-up call when I was 24. You know, some people get their wake-up call at 44 or 54 or whatever. It doesn't matter. Time is an illusion anyway. But I'm grateful that I got my wake-up call at 24 years old because I was able to reassess my life and go, is this serving me? Am I happy? No. 
okay, I'm going to pivot. And I pivoted and I pivoted quite quickly. That's amazing. It's starting so young and, uh, and, and to be where you're at. If you had to describe one word that describes your personal brand, what would that be? Love. Love. Love it. So normally what we do to wrap up the show, we always ask our guests to give us three golden nuggets um, to give to our listeners. And, you know, I think in, when I think about it, you have given us three golden nuggets, but with the whole, the awareness, um, you know, shining the light on fear and then choosing love. Is there anything else that you would like to give our listeners? Any other piece of advice or a golden nugget? I guess the first one would be master your mean girl and you will live a miraculous life. Choose love over fear in every moment is the second one. And the third one would be just be you. Yeah, wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. So for our listeners, where can they find you, Melissa? You can find me at melissaambrosini.com and anything book related, it's all on my website as well, but you can check out masteringyourmeangirl.com and you can grab a copy of my book. Um, you can get my Mastering Your Mean Girl 10-week activation program, which is an online program that you can do after you've read the book, which really helps you implement everything that you've read in the book because reading it isn't enough. We've got to take action and put into action the new and inspiring habits that you would like to have in your life And because nothing changes if nothing changes and just reading it is enough. And I've also got my Mastering Your Mean Girl meditations, 10 powerful guided meditations that help complement the 10 chapters in the book. So you can check all of that out at masteringyourmeangirl.com. And anything else, uh, any other goddess groups or any other, you know, things you want to keep up to date with, melissaambrosini.com. Melissa, you are one inspiring woman. And I have to say too that I, I myself was interested in some of your products. There was uh, the uh, MA Academy Business Bootcamp because we do have a lot of women in our tribe that are either entrepreneurs or, or, or have a business. And what we do, we help expose their business. What is that product a little bit about, please? Mm, yeah, it's one of my most popular products. It's an online product. It's an online program. It's the MA Academy Business Bootcamp. So it teaches you how to create an online heart-centered business. I talk you through exactly how I launched and got my business to where it is today. Um, I've brought in three experts. I've brought in my, in the, in the course, um, Bruce, who is my business coach, Glenn Campbell, who is is a branding expert so he talks all about the branding and then my husband who is has been um, an entrepreneur for many years and been involved in loads of um, startups and created apps and magazines and movies and music and he shares his wisdom in it as well so it's an amazing juicy totally awesome product if you want to start any business or if you're already got a business and you want to take it to the next level and you want to do it from a heart-centered space, this program is for you. We talk about everything. We talk about copywriting, list building, marketing, branding, creating online products, like everything. So it's awesome. And I absolutely loved creating that product so much. And uh, I've just had nothing but epic feedback from it. 
Wonderful. Well, I'm sure our tribe will definitely be looking into some of your products because you have an amazing range of products. Once again, Melissa, thank you so much for your time. I, I'm sure everyone's going to absolutely love you to bits. And um, it was very exciting to speak to you and getting to know you in, in this way. Thank you so much. And I just want to acknowledge you and honor you for the work that you do and everything you're putting out into the world as well and for having me on your show. You are most welcome. Thank you once again. Thank you. That brings us to the end of the show. If you have any questions, please send us an email to jennifer at iamwomanproject.com.au or Twitter at iamwomanproject and we will get right back to you. If you were listening to this podcast on iTunes, please make sure you leave a review or rating about the show. We would love to hear your thoughts. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until next time, please take care.